What's up everyone? This is Mayowa, your host, and you are listening to the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. More people than ever are building cool stuffs online from the scratch, solving problems and making a lot of money in the process. And on this show, I sit down with these amazing six-figure entrepreneurs to share their entrepreneurial journeys, the ideas, the opportunities, the strategy they are taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. And now, let's get the show started. It's Mayo. Hi everyone, my name is Mayowa and I'm your host on the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we bring successful business owners, coaches, consultants, agency owners, CEOs and stuff like that uh, to share their uh, insight into how they have built their business from the scratch to uh, a successful uh, six or seven figure business. And on this episode today, I've got another great entrepreneur in the house. And for the next few minutes, we'll be having a chat where uh, I will be throwing some questions to my guest and he will be coming back with me with answers. So my guest today is Wayne, but just like I like to do on every episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast, I will pass the mic to Wayne. Wayne will tell us a bit about himself what he's up to in his business, and then we get to show Rolly. Hi, Wayne. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm excited for our chat today. All right. So uh, to get the ball rolling, tell us a bit about you, your business, and what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Wayne. I am the founder of a unique marketing company called Ugly Mug Marketing. And despite popular belief, it was not named after myself. Um, the name of the company actually comes from a quote by this gentleman of the name David Ogilvy. So David Ogilvy was the co-founder of an ad agency called Ogilvy and Mather. And David had this amazing quote that he used to tell his team. And that was, I would rather an ad that's ugly, but effective over one that's beautiful, but isn't. And so for us, for Ugly Mug Marketing, that is our calling. Our calling isn't to pursue design awards. It is to get results for our clients at the end of the day. Uh, outside of work, I'm married to my wonderful wife of 20 years. We have four amazing kids, um, ages 16 down to nine years old. And I just, I love life and I love getting a little bit better each and every day in all the areas of my life. Yeah, that's very, very on point. Uh, just like every entrepreneur out there listening to this, the way we get ahead in business is to learn and improve and make sure that we show up. And uh, Wayne, let's start with this. You got started as an entrepreneur one day and can you just briefly tell us what brought you into this entrepreneurship a ship where you have to do what you are doing right now? Absolutely. So what I believe, first of all, is that, you know, oftentimes when we're beginning out in our career path, that we often put unnecessary pressure on ourselves to figure out what we want to do, quote unquote, with our lives. And for myself, for my journey and for, for the successful entrepreneurs that I've had the privilege of working with, what is so interesting about their stories is that their stories 
tend to be these natural paths that unwind. They tend to be paths that they could not have predicted and could not have planned even if they wanted to. So what I would say to people in their entrepreneurial journey is you've got to be willing to take that next step. You have to be willing to step out and step into the faith that you're going to create something of value. You're going to solve problems for people and you're going to help them reach their goals. So for me, that's that's my exact story. Um, outside of university, I got a job in sales. I did that for about three years. And what I realized was that I was good at this thing called selling, but I wanted to do something for myself. So I decided to, to leave my corporate sales job and to start a company for myself. And the only other skill I had other than selling was cutting grass. So for those not familiar with Louisiana here in the United States, uh, the grass growing season, the lawn growing season here is about nine months out of the year. And so I decided to jump into that business with both feet. And over the course of a three-year period, I took that from a startup to a very successful company. And at that point, I decided to put it up for sale. And within two weeks of listing that business for sale with a business broker, I had a couple of offers on the table for that business. Now, during the course of growing that lawn care company, an interesting thing happened. Clients of our business, these were business owners, started coming to me and they started asking me for advice. You see, they were seeing how quickly and how rapidly I was growing my company. And so they started coming to me and saying, what are you doing? How are you scaling your company so quickly? And the answer was marketing. We were doing very unique, very different marketing than so many other people. And so that, those consultations, those conversations eventually turned into the opportunity to create and start from scratch, Ugly Mug Marketing. Okay. All right. Uh, before we jump into uh, the business end of this uh, episode, how I always like to uh, get our listeners out there to understand uh, what our guest is up to, how their company is structured. And if you don't mind, revenue-wise for uh, last year, that's 2022, what is your revenue like? Sure. So for us, um, in terms of our business itself, you know, uh, what I'd say is we're now 14 years old. And for the first probably six or seven years of this business, there was immense struggle. And most of that immense struggle came from me as the entrepreneur. I had ego that got in the way. I was applying things that I should not have applied in my business at that time. In other words, I was attempting to put things in place, strategies and processes in place way too soon for where we were in the business. And over the last seven or eight years or so, we have been on a continual growth. Um, last year, we were doing uh, multiple seven figures, and we are on path to continue that growth this year as well. Okay. Uh, so tell us a, brief, uh, it, uh, a few details about the structure of your company right now. Sure. So we are kind of split up into a few different departments. Um, one thing that's unique about our agency is we actually operate... Um, from the perspective of individual companies within one company. Now, from a client perspective, they probably wouldn't notice this. They wouldn't experience this. But the reason we do this is we want to ensure which departments are profitable, which departments need additional resources, which departments that we can further leverage based on how well they're doing. And so for us, by splitting our departments, for example, we have a web department, we have a search engine optimization, we have graphic design, we also have traditional marketing, and then we have social media marketing. By splitting those up into individual, almost like companies within the organization, 
we are better able to leverage. We're better able to give focus on the ones that need attention. So for us, this over the years has become a very effective way for us to understand what's working and what isn't. Okay. All right. So uh, let's go back to that time when you got started with uh, your business, uh, your present business. How was it like for you getting that first client? Yeah. So the very first client I remember getting, um, you know, I, I came into this with a very unique perspective on marketing, something completely different. And that was because of what I had been through with my previous company, right? Growing that company from scratch, we had to do things differently. I didn't have a lot of money to invest in that first lawn and landscape company. And so I had to approach marketing differently than everyone else was approaching marketing. And when I got into this business full time into ugly mug marketing, one of the biggest difficulties that I faced early on was trying to convince prospective clients to embrace the type of marketing that I was used to or that I was prescribing for them. And so it was a very hard sell because it was so non-traditional, right? It was so different from what they were used to. Most entrepreneurs, most business owners that I was attempting to uh, sell, attempting to have them use our services, they were used to doing very traditional media, television, radio, print, billboards, et cetera. And the marketing that I knew worked so well for us and that could work for them was different. It was different than that. It would it leaned much more into direct response. It leaned much more into turning existing customers into evangelists for the brand. And so for me, when I've got the very first clients, I would often have to spend a lot of time educating them and also helping them understand the benefit and the value of leaning into turning traditional customers into evangelists and allocating some of their marketing funds in that direction. But I wish I could tell you that it was all easy and that, you know, when I started the company, everything was just a straight line up and to the right in terms of growth, but that wasn't the case. It was very much a learning experience for me. It was learning how to lead clients to the edge of their comfort zone and then slowly getting them to expand their comfort zone so that they would trust us to handle all of their marketing going forward. Okay. Uh, to have built your business up to this level that you are uh, today, uh, what exactly are you doing very differently than other uh, competitors out there? I would say the very first thing that we do that's differently is we focus on results, right? So it goes back to our name, which is our North Star. In the marketing world, for those not familiar, um, what is most common and most popular is for marketing agencies, for designers to pursue design awards. So in other words, they want to win awards for most creative ad. They want to win awards for best design. They want to win awards for all these other things. And in and of themselves, there's absolutely nothing wrong with those things. The problem is when those things become the main driving force or the main focal point of your business, you have lost your way. And so from day one, my focus was on results. Now, for most of our clients, that results, that simply meant more money in the bank account, right? At the end of the day, the quicker that we can show people a positive ROI, a positive return on investment, the longer they're going to stick with us and the more likely they are to tell other people about us. So the simple answer, the one word answer to that question would just be the word results. We focus on results for our clients. Okay, that's awesome. So uh, let's paint a picture here, Wayne. Uh, let's go back to when you get started with uh, Ugly Mocha Marketing. 
what advice will you give to uh, a younger you when uh, just getting started today with this same kind of business that you have? What will you tell such a person to do? Uh, and how will you uh, instruct or even advise a person to get their first uh, 10 clients in? Sure. There's actually two or three things here that come to mind. Number one is that when you start a business, it's important to ask yourself these two questions every single day. Question number one, what have I done to attract a new customer today? What have I done to attract a new customer today? See, oftentimes when we're starting a business, we get so distracted by all the things that we have to do as entrepreneurs that we lose sight of the most important thing. And that is bringing new clients into the business, into the company. The second question that I believe every entrepreneur should ask is this, what have I done to keep a customer today? Now, the point of keeping a customer isn't merely to keep a customer. The point of keeping a customer is to convert them into an evangelist, into someone who loves your company, your products, your services so much that they are willing to go out and tell other people. So number one, I would have myself or someone else just starting a company, focus on those two questions, answering those two questions every single day. The next piece of advice that I would give myself is this. There's a big, big difference between advice and opinion. You see, anyone can give you their opinion. So when you're starting your business, all of your friends, all of your family, all of the nice people around you want to give you quote unquote advice. But the problem is they can't give you advice. They can only give you their opinion. You see, I believe there are only three people who can actually give you good advice. Person number one is someone who's done the thing that you're attempting to do. So if you're attempting to grow a marketing agency, you want to get input from someone who's actually grown a marketing agency, right? It makes sense that they would kind of know the pitfalls. They would also know the opportunities to pursue. The next person that I would seek advice from is someone who has witnessed firsthand the thing that I'm attempting to accomplish. So if I'm growing a marketing agency, maybe I can't talk to the founder, to the CEO, but maybe I can talk to someone who was there all along. Maybe it's the executive assistant. Maybe it's the COO that I can get input from, get advice from. And then the third person that I would get advice from would be someone who is a world-class expert. In other words, someone who has spent their life studying, pouring themselves into and learning the thing that I'm attempting to accomplish. And I see this happen so, so often is that our friends and family, they want to help us. They want to, they want us to succeed, right? They don't want to see us suffer. They don't want to see us struggle. And so they attempt to give us input. They attempt to give us quote unquote advice, but in reality, all it is, is their opinion. And when we mistake opinion for advice, we often end up in trouble. Okay. All right. When right now in your business, those two questions that you asked, I want to put you on the spot and throw those two questions to you. First one is, what exactly do you do every day uh, to bring uh, a new client or customer in? And two, what are the things that you do daily or every day to keep those people that you are bringing in? 
Perfect. I love the question. So number one, to bring clients in every single day, I want to make sure that I am doing something that is outbound. In other words, something that I am putting out into the public that would bring business potentially back to it. So for me personally, number one, I'm going to post something on some form of social media. Now, it may not be across all platforms, but I'm going to personally post something on my personal social media that is designed to either one, position us as an expert or number two, designed to begin a conversation with someone. Now, in terms of actually converting or or keeping customers and converting them to evangelists, one of the things that I do almost every single day is I send handwritten thank you notes. So in other words, anytime we onboard a new client, anytime a client celebrates a milestone, um, I am sending them a handwritten thank you note. Now, here's the thing. I don't actually work with any of our clients. As a matter of fact, I don't even know the majority of our clients. They don't know me. They've never talked to me. They're working with our team. But I am personally handwriting them notes, either welcoming welcoming them to Ugly Mug Marketing or congratulating them on a success that we've been able to get with them or just congratulating them on something that's happened in their business or in their life. The other thing that I do to help keep customers and convert them is I have very specific people that I nurture relationships with. So in other words, I'm going to lunch with certain people. I'm going to coffee with certain people. I'm always looking for ways to further our positioning in their heads as number one, a trusted advisor, as someone who they will come to when things aren't going well. And they will also come to us when they have opportunities that we could help them accomplish. Okay. When uh, you raised a very important uh, uh, topic uh, concerning having conversations with your ID clients, and you are the marketing strategist, you even own a marketing agency. So there are a lot of options out there on LinkedIn. There is CodeM, uh, there is code emailing, there is video prospecting, there is a whole lot of uh, stuff out there. There is Twitter, there is Facebook. Uh, Specifically for people listening to this who probably have a marketing agency like yours, what will you focus on among all these, uh, a lot of vehicles of uh, marketing channel that we have out there today? Yep. I love this question. Here's the thing that I think all too often as entrepreneurs, when we're getting started, we think we have to do it all. We think we have to be in every place. We look around, we see our competitors and we see them, you know, they're, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter, they're on all these platforms. And we think, man, I've got to do the same thing. Here's the problem. We confuse actions with assets. And what I mean by that is this, when we look around and we see these people who uh, are showing up on all the platforms, we assume we have to copy their actions. We assume we have to be in all the same places. Instead, we need to peel back the onion a layer, right? We need to look underneath the surface and we need to say, what is the actual asset that they are building by doing these things? So for me, maybe I'm not good with video, right? Maybe I'm much better with writing. So maybe I need to focus my attention on the writing side of things instead of the video side of things. Now, the only thing that we need to focus on though is what is the asset that I'm building by doing this? What is the asset that other people are building? And so often that is an audience, that is a responsive audience. But just because someone is great on video and maybe they're on YouTube and they're doing YouTube shorts, maybe for me as someone who likes to write, maybe I should be building an audience on Medium or you know, Substack or any of these other places that exist out there. And so what I would say is that we as entrepreneurs, in order to 
successfully connect with people, we have to understand what our strengths are. Number two, we have to understand where the people who we can help them solve problems, where are they congregating? Right? Where are they located? We shouldn't just go on all the platforms because everyone else is on all the platforms. We need to identify where are the people who we can help the most? Where are they? And then the next question is, how can we show up for them in meaningful ways, in ways that stand out from all the other noise, all the other people out there who are vying for, who are, quote unquote, screaming for attention? Okay, uh, I love the way you get with these two questions. And uh, truth to be told, there is a lot of entrepreneurs out there listening to this uh, uh, that are just busy being everywhere because they see people like Gary V, who is on TikTok, who is on LinkedIn, who is on YouTube, and they feel and they believe that they should do the same thing. And you've heard it from Wayne get specific and focus on something that you know you are good at for someone like me podcasting is my sweet spot i love talking i love asking questions i love interviewing people and i also like to write as well but uh, put me on a video i don't think i will be able to function well so i'm just playing just according to uh what when i said i'm play i've been playing to my strengths using podcasting and writing on a platform like linkedin and everywhere that my podcast uh can be distributed to so when You've already made, uh, you've already dealt with part of the question I wanted to ask because during the, uh, pre-interview chat with you, uh, we mentioned something about how entrepreneurs out there are focusing on the wrong strategy at the right time and sometimes focusing on the right strategy at the wrong time. So for entrepreneurs out there, look, uh, listening to this, what will you give them as an advice on how to choose the right strategy for the right time and even for their right business? Yeah. Uh, what I would say, first of all, is that, you know, what I'm going to share with you next isn't based on some theory. This isn't based on something I read in a book somewhere. This is based on me personally having scaled now a couple of companies, me working directly, literally with hundreds of entrepreneurs from around the world and observing what takes place inside organizations, not only what takes place inside of them, but what are the distinguishing factors between companies who actually scale and companies who always struggle to just survive, to just get by. And here's what's so interesting about what I've discovered is that all organizations go through five stages as they grow. And so as you go through these stages, certain strategies are what you need to focus on during that particular stage. So I'll just briefly list the five stages that every organization is going to go through. And then I'll explain how I've learned to adopt this and learn to look for the right strategies based on where we currently are. So stage number one is what I call the me stage. This is when you're first getting started. This is when you as an entrepreneur are learning to trust yourself. You are learning to serve your customers, your clients, that doesn't mean you don't have a team. That doesn't mean you can't have people. But during this stage, it's all about figuring out who you serve, how you serve them, and learning to trust yourself to make decisions as an entrepreneur. The next stage that you're going to move into is what I call the we stage. We is where you're learning to trust your team. So you may have already had some team members from the first stage, but now in stage two, you have to learn to trust other people. You have to learn to allow them to make decisions. You have to give them autonomy, but you also have to ensure that they're aligned around the vision, the mission, the values, that they share the same expectations for 
for how you're going to serve your clients well. The third stage is what I call they, T-H-E-Y, they. And these would be when you begin implementing systems and processes into your organization. Now, during this stage, you, you're going to bring in systems and processes. You're going to incorporate systems and processes into the business. And you've got to learn as an entrepreneur to trust in the process of creating and building out systems and processes. Now, as entrepreneurs, here's what's interesting. When we get to this stage, we are typically such high visionary. In other words, we love big picture. We don't love detail that this stage becomes our stumbling block because we don't want to adhere to the systems and processes that our businesses so desperately need in order to break through and get to that next level. And so I see so many entrepreneurs get to this stage and they struggle because they are unwilling to adhere to this stage. The fourth stage in the process or in growth and scale is what I would call, uh, this is where we bring everything together. This is where the systems and processes have to work with the people and the people have to work with us as the leader. And we are bringing everything together and everything has to work in synergy during this fourth stage of the business. Now, again, what you will find when organizations get to this level, that one of those things tends to get out of whack. They tend to get out of balance. And so it's our job as a leader to learn to keep these things in balance, to learn to keep the systems and processes in place and in check. Because if we allow the systems and processes to get too rigid, too dominant, what will happen is we will stifle growth, we'll stifle creativity, and we'll stifle people's ability to think creatively. Now, the fifth stage, and and very few organizations get here, and that's not a bad thing. It's just the fifth stage is what I call creative destruction. This is where we have to be willing to challenge and to destroy the things that once served us so well, but are now unable to get us and sustain us at the level we need to be at. Again, this could be leadership that's been in place that haven't simply grown and kept up with the organization as it's grown. In other words, their leadership skill, their leadership level hasn't developed at the same rate and grown at the same rate. So maybe we have some leaders that we need to let go, or maybe we need to get rid of some systems and processes that are holding us back and stifling us. So those are the five stages. And to summarize it super quickly is if we look around us as entrepreneurs and we see an organization that is successful and we look over at what they're doing and we begin saying, okay, well, I know that they've got really good marketing systems in place. And we begin copying the marketing systems for an organization that is maybe a level or two ahead of us. And we attempt to apply those to us. And maybe we're stage one, we're still figuring out how to trust ourselves and to serve our clients well, but we over-systemize our marketing too soon, what happens is we stifle our growth, right? We're trying to build out systems and processes for a company, for our company, based on where it would be in a year or two. And we're trying to implement that into where we are today. And it stifles us. It becomes a constraint. And so, so often that becomes the glass ceiling that prevents us as entrepreneurs from actually scaling our businesses. All right. Uh, you mentioned something about having a bigger picture and uh, being a visionary because most business owners are visionary. We always dream. We always, uh, <laughs> we always think of where we want to be, like, uh, in some few years time. So for your business, uh, growth in the next five years, where do you see or where do you uh, envision your company to be? And what exactly are you doing to uh, get to that point? 
Yeah, I love this question, but my answer is going to probably be somewhat disappointing. You see, as a visionary, as someone who is very entrepreneurial at heart, what I've learned as we begin to grow, as we've scaled our company to the size that it is today, is that sometimes I have to tamper back or hold back my visions for the company. And instead, what I have to focus on is teaching other people within the company how to create vision for themselves and for their departments. And when we do this as leaders, what we are doing is we're giving people the autonomy to build and to serve based on their unique gifts and not just what we think is best and not just what we want to see happen. You see, when we have clear vision for who we serve and how we serve, everything else will take care of itself, right? We want to surround ourselves with people. We want to Surround ourselves with people we can give autonomy to. We can trust them. We can teach them how to create visions for their department, for their role, and for the people that they serve on their team. And so the vision that I have is further building out our team, a a team of remarkable people who write visions, create visions for themselves, for their departments, and continue to grow. I'm the huge believer, and I would call myself an incrementalist. I believe that it's the little things we do day in and day out that over time separate us from all the competitors and from all the noise in the marketplace. But if we aren't careful, our default is not to incrementally get better. Our default is to incrementally get worse. And the reason is we tend to drift down the path of least resistance. And so regardless of the size of your organization, regardless of where you are on your entrepreneurial path, you have to ensure that you as a leader and those on your team are getting a little better each and every day. All right. I love that your idea very, very, very much. And I think, uh, Instead of talking about, just like you said, instead of talking about the bigger picture, uh, giving everybody around you, your team, a vision and to be a person of vision and to be aligned with your vision, I think is a very smart move, I must say, because many people don't, uh, for most CEOs, for most founders, uh, they are running at a pace where or the other members of their team are not running at, at the same pace. And I think at that point, it will bring problem for the business at the long run. So I just loved your idea of instead of thinking about the bigger picture for yourself, you put people around you, you give them vision, you let their vision aligns with yours. And so that the two of you are both parties will be on the same page uh, to grow more. That is a very cool idea. So uh, when it will be very unfair to talk about all the wins, all the gains, all the marketing stuffs, how to bring clients in without talking about the challenges uh, that uh, comes with building a business like yours. So right now, is there any challenge uh, or challenges that you have been facing in your business? And if there is any, what exactly have you been doing uh, to resolve that? Yeah, what I would say, I would begin with this. The number one challenge that I face every single day in my business and even in my personal life is the person who looks back at me in the mirror every single morning. You see, I believe that the biggest obstacle to our businesses is the person who looks back at us, right? We are often our own worst enemies in our businesses and even in our lives. I'm a huge, huge believer that before we can effectively lead other people well, we must learn to lead our 
selves well. Now, I know that's kind of, uh, you know, not a business related answer. So I'll give you a, a specific business related answer as well. Um, you know, when, with the type of business that we are in, we are in a business where so much of what we do is becoming more and more of a quote unquote commodity. Right. There are now graphic designers, there are web designers you can hire on Fiverr, on Upwork. Um, there's so many different platforms and there's so many different avenues. There's tools like Wix and Squarespace. And, you know, there's all these other things. There's, there's AI that can write posts for you. There's all these things out there that we are facing in our industry and in our business. And for me, the challenge is just reassuring our team that people come to us not because we can write a post for them, not because we can build a website for them, not because we can do whatever the thing is that that they may come to us to do. They come to us because they want our guidance. They want our ability to put together a proven strategy for them and help them get the results that they are after. So the challenge for us is twofold. Number one, it's you know reassuring ourselves that we are on the right path, that what we do is very unique in our space. We are very strategic. We are not overly tactical, right? Anyone can do tactics. Anyone can do a post. Anyone can create a website. We are strategic. But the challenge for us when it comes to the the marketing and the marketplace is ensuring that our message is crystal clear, that everyone understands the difference between having a post on social media and actually having a post that is part of an overarching strategy that delivers results. So those are the challenges that we face. Okay. All right. Let's quickly transition into the quick question round where I throw you some thought-provoking question, then you get back to me with answer. So when should we fire on? Let's do it. All right. Cool. We love books a lot. I'm a book person and I always like uh, uh the fact that for every book I read, someone out there who authored the book has spent years uh to put up all everything they have uh and they have experienced into that book and i can just sit down and read uh those years of experience in just a go uh what is one book that you've read that really make a very great impact in your business life that you like to recommend to our listeners Oh, that's a tough question for me. I read a lot. So I'm often, whatever book I'm currently reading is the one that I think is the best book in the world. Yeah, which one are you um, reading currently? Currently, I'm reading an interesting book called The Inner Game of Tennis. And so the book, although it's written by a tennis coach and the book kind of centers around tennis, what's super fascinating to me about this book is that the author makes the entire case and, and builds the entire book around this idea that um, we have two selves, self number one and self number two. Self number one is kind of our subconscious. It's just our being. It's it's our body and it's our mind that knows how to do things without even thinking about it. Self number two is our critical brain that tells us the way that we should be doing things. And, and so what he talks about in the book is how we have to learn to silence the critic. We have to learn to silence self number two, because when, for example, playing tennis, if we listen to the critic, if we begin um, trying to apply the things that they're telling us, like, oh, you you know, you know, need to swing harder, you need to swing less hard, all those things, what happens is we turn off number one, self number one, and that's the one who knows intuitively how to do things. So there's so many business lessons here that, that I'm bringing over as I'm reading through this book. 
uh, about the ways we often self-sabotage ourselves and our businesses. Okay. All right. Thank you for that recommendation. Our listeners out there, you can get the link to this book, The Inner Game of Tennis, by heading straight to the sixfigureentrepreneur.com and just search for when in the search bar over there on that page and the show note for this episode will pop right up. So when we are still talking about book, have you written a book before? I have. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, can you tell us about that book? Absolutely. So my book is called Full Circle Marketing and uh, it came out, I believe, at the end of 2021. I'm terrible with timeframes. Um, and the book is really centered on around two foundational marketing principles that we use in all of the marketing work that we do. Um, and really, it's our secret sauce. So someone could take this book, they could read it, and they would fully understand exactly how we piece together strategies for our clients and even for ourselves. Um, but here's the interesting thing. In the world that we live in, we get so distracted by the tactics that we lose sight of the strategy. And so I hope that my book serves the purpose of helping people stay focused on the strategic instead of the tactical. Right. Out of curiosity, when, why did you write that book? What of what use or what purpose uh, do you have in mind when uh, you wrote that book? Sure. Two, two things. Number one, um, positioning. Obviously, if you are a published author, it positions you in a completely different way when you're calling on prospects and when you're attempting to earn their business. If you've written a book on your subject matter of expertise, you will stand out 100%. No questions about it. Uh, number two is that our services are on the higher end, more expensive end. And so unfortunately, there's a lot of people who reach out to us who are simply unable to afford the investment that we require. And so I wanted to have exactly what we do in written format so that someone could literally take what's here and apply the exact same strategies that we use for our clients. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, um, uh, as a book person also, and a book publisher myself, I surely agree with what you said. Many people will not be able to afford your 10,000 uh, US dollar uh, service, but uh, they can get when you have such a book for whatever price you put it on Amazon or anywhere you are publish it on they can easily access all the information and all the experience and knowledge that you have and by that even some people might at the end of the day turn into uh being a paying client when uh most people information is free but implementation and even the uh guidance part of it just like you mentioned the other time is uh the key things that people really uh pay for so uh when what is one big thing that uh you have done that gave you a very big win in your business? Yeah, I would say the one thing that I've done that's given me the biggest win in my business would be to hire a coach. In the very early days of my business, when I could not afford a coach, I hired a coach. And since that time, I've always either hired a coach directly to work with me or been a part of a coaching community, coaching group, right? Where I was in a coaching program. I can't stress enough the importance of having people in your life who are willing to tell you the things that you cannot see that may be holding you back. There's this great window called the Jahari window. You can just Google Jahari window and look that up. And what it basically shows is that in all of our lives, there are things that we simply can't see. There are blind spots to us. And as entrepreneurs, if we don't have someone who can point out our blind spots and do that in an effective way, 
then we are destined to always repeat the same mistakes and we are destined to always hit these ceilings where we cannot seem to get to the other side. So hiring a coach is probably the number one thing I've done for my entrepreneurial journey. All right. Uh, what is one big lesson, one very important lesson that you learn along all your years of being an entrepreneur? The biggest lesson I would say is this comes from Michael Gerber, who is the author of E-Myth, E-Myth Revisited, and I think he may have a couple of other books. But he has a quote that basically says that if your thinking is sloppy, your business will be sloppy. If your life is chaotic, your business will be chaotic. And so that one lesson for me always reminds me that everything in business, everything in life starts with the person looking back at me in the mirror. That is right on point. Any business cannot be much better than who is behind the business. And I think this is very true because uh, most times I've discovered that entrepreneurship, winning as an entrepreneur is nothing much to do about uh, the tactics, the strategy. It has to do most times with mindset, the habits and uh the things we do uh in our in as in within ourselves as an entrepreneur. And I think that is what translated into wins are when we do uh, because for example, someone who is not really uh who who doesn't even believe in himself uh will find it very, very hard to win in business, even if he's doing uh exact same thing that other people are doing that are working, he will find it very, very hard to win with that. So thank you for that uh lesson. Before we say goodbye on this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast, when is there any question that you wish I asked that I didn't? I would say the one question that you possibly could have asked is what motivates me or drives me? Okay, cool. Uh, can you give us an answer to that? Yep. I would I would say what motivates me and drives me is um, what I would go back to. I would use the word incrementalist again. Um, I believe that we should, as human beings, we should live the stories that we would love to tell. So I always have this picture in my head of one day, hopefully I'll have grandkids and we will all be gathered around for whether it's a holiday, whether it's a birthday or whatever it is. And I want to be able to tell and relive stories to them. And I want those stories to be remarkable. I want those stories to be uh, cool. I want those stories to be things that leave an impression on them. But here's the interesting thing. If we aren't intentional with our lives, if we aren't intentional about the way that we wake up every day, if we aren't intentional about the way we treat other people, we aren't intentional about our health and our mindset, then the stories that we have to tell one day are going to be pretty boring. And they're not going to be stories that we want to get to retell. So that's that's for me what I want to do. I want to live a life in such a way that's full of stories that are worthy of remark and worthy of remembering. All right. Uh, so uh, to say goodbye, uh, can you share with us where we can find all the awesome stuff that you have been building, where uh, your website and where we can connect with you for anybody out there listening to this that might want to get in touch with you? Sure. The simplest place is our website, and that is just uglymugmarketing.com. All of our social media is linked there, email addresses, phone numbers, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you're interested in following me just kind of more on a business slash personal journey, you can follow me on Instagram, and it's at fireyourself on Instagram. 
Yeah, out of curiosity, Wayne, like why Instagram and not LinkedIn? Sure. Um, so for me personally, I am much more of a visual person, right? So Instagram is very much either picture-based or video-based with a little bit of writing that goes with that. And so for me personally, that is where I like to showcase. That's where I like to show up. Okay. That's awesome. I think that's the boys down to the fact that we have to, as an entrepreneur, to play to our strengths. Uh, just like I said, uh, for myself about podcasting and writing instead of video. Uh, I think that is a very cool one wing. Uh, so for the past uh, few minutes, I've been having this conversation with Wayne and, uh, trust me, it's been a very awesome and value-packed, uh, episode. Thank you so much, Wayne, for joining me on this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. We celebrate you and, uh, thank you for uh, being a source of motivation to someone out there who is listening to this episode and they will get going and they will keep going with this, uh, motivation and the insight that you have shared from this episode. Thank you so much for the chat and thank you so much for doing what you do because we do live in a world that is so full of negativity. It's so full of things that tend to bring our attention the wrong direction, in my opinion. And so I'm just, I want to express gratitude for you and the work that you do because you shine such a positive light on the entrepreneurial journey um, and showcase that even through the struggles and even through the challenges that there's always lessons to be learned and there's often beauty in those lessons later on. Yeah, that is just the purpose for this uh, podcast. And listeners out there, I always like to leave you with this one word. Go out there and build that business that you have been thinking about. Or maybe if you are thinking about quitting, please keep going because someone out there needs that value that only you can bring to the world and you'll be doing them a disservice by not showing up. So get out there and do the work. Listening to episode of this, uh, past episode of this podcast, there are so many motivational and, uh, stuff that you can learn how to keep going and so many insights and strategies for what Wayne have shared with us today. It is enough, uh, out there to implement those things and, uh, imp- implement and execute on there. And the conversation continues on the website for this episode. Go straight to the sixfigureentrepreneur.com. Just uh, type win uh, or search for that uh, win's name in the episode list and you can get the show note for this episode and you can join in the conversation out there. Until I come your way next time with another guest uh, to give us an awesome time like Wayne has done. My name is Maya and I'm signing out. Catch you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. For more episodes and the show notes for this episode, visit www.thesixfigureentrepreneur.com. And I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes if this episode has been of value to you. See you next time on another episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. And until then, keep building and keep the entrepreneurial fire burning.